<laughs> Welcome and greetings from Elfie's World. This is the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and, you know, maybe maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Boy, I'm so glad you decided to join us. Now, today, we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories, which have, well, they've often been excluded from the pantheon of history or well, maybe not given quite the attention they deserve for, well, for whatever reason. My name is Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. This is episode number 51, entitled Birth of a Snack. So, kick back, relax, ooh, and enjoy. In his time... Cornelius Vanderbilt was the richest man in the United States. Starting with $100, which, which he borrowed from his mother, he amassed a fortune that would become worth over $100 million, I mean, the equivalent of over $200 billion today. He was a builder of steamship lines, railroads, and empires. Ah, but... Was he indirectly responsible for creating something else? <laughs> well, uh, in a way, yes. Now, it all started in the summer of 1853. Uh, Admiral Cornelius Vanderbilt, as he liked to be called, was vacationing in upstate New York. Now, like so many of the wealthy set of his day, he was attracted to Saratoga Springs, which was known for its naturally occurring mineral spring waters. Found throughout the area due to a geographical fault line, these springs are well-preserved to this very day. They are renowned for their alleged curative powers. Now, naturally carbonated, the springs have been an important core to the economy of the Saratoga Springs area since it became popular as a vacation destination in the early 1800s. In 1832, tourism was greatly aided by the arrival of the Saratoga and Schenectady Railroad, which brought thousands of travelers from all over the country to the famous Mineral Springs. Now, quite naturally, resort hotels developed to accommodate them. One of these was the Moon Lake Lodge. Admiral Vanderbilt was among those early tourists. <laughs> but the Admiral didn't spend all his time in the bubbly waters. <laughs> oh, no. One fine night, he decided to have dinner at the elegant Moon Lake Lodge restaurant in Saratoga Springs. Without even checking the menu, he decided to order French fried potatoes, one of his favorite foods. Now, ever since Thomas Jefferson had brought the recipe for this French original back from Paris and had served it to his guests at Monticello, it had become an American favorite. It was a must on the menu of every proper restaurant. Now, Vanderbilt was a true aristocrat, a man who always knew exactly what he wanted. This was especially the case when it came to his food. And this night was no exception. 
The moment his plate of French fried potatoes was placed before him, he demanded that they be returned to the kitchen, complaining that they were too thick. Now, the head chef that evening was a man named George Crumb. Now, George's father was an African-American, and his mother was a Native American of the Huron tribe. Chef Crumb took great pride in his work, but he also knew that this particular order of French fried potatoes was going to the richest and most powerful man in America. I mean, with, with a nod of his head, the admiral could ruin a man's entire career. Now, with this in mind, and with great patience, Chef Crumb proceeded to prepare a second batch of French fried potatoes, cutting them ever so thin. Uh, but before the door to the kitchen had even, even stopped swinging, the admiral's plate was returned with the sole comment, too thick. <laughs> now, even though it was Admiral Vanderbilt himself, Chef Crumb was exasperated and, and felt his professional skills were being impugned. However, with a smile on his face, he decided to teach his demanding customer a lesson. Cutting a batch of potatoes as thin as paper, he proceeded to fry them in, in oil until they were so crisp one couldn't even skewer them with a fork. After lightly salting them, he then sent them off to his persnickety patron. And uh, how did the ultra-fussy admiral react to this dish he intended to teach him a lesson? I mean, was this to be a, a clash of wills? Would this be the end of Chef Crumb's career? Well, well, much to everyone's surprise and relief, Admiral Vanderbilt loved Chef Crumb's new crispies. I mean, after adding a little bit more salt, he quickly consumed the new creation and demanded another serving. Before long, this dish, which had been intended to put a rich fuss budget in his place, became a popular specialty of the house at the Moon Lake Lodge restaurant in Saratoga Springs, New York. When Crum opened his own restaurant in the 1860s in Malton, New York, he provided every table with a basket of chips. Now, though this is the most common version by far, this story is not totally accepted by everyone as to how the ever-popular potato chip was born. If one keeps digging into the annals of history, a few more variations can be found. Crumb's sister, Katie Wicks, who was a cook at the Moon Lake Lodge restaurant at the time, also claims to have invented the potato chip. <laughs> Isn't that just like sibling rivalry? Well, would it be safe by saying that the potato chip was a crumb family invention? Eh, not necessarily. 
Carrie Moon, the owner of the Moon Lake Lodge restaurant, also tried to claim credit for the invention of this treat. Ultimately, visitors came from across the country to his restaurant for a taste of the original Saratoga chips. Now, Moon was responsible for distributing potato chips in boxes. Well, this culinary delight remained a local delicacy until the 1920s, when a salesman and entrepreneur named Herman Lay began traveling throughout the South and introducing potato chips to different communities. At that point, the wonder of the Moon Lake Lodge restaurant was expanded by mass production and distribution of potato chips, gaining a national scale. Now, this was how the Lay's Potato Chip Company was started. Today, the lowly potato chip can be found in almost every country in the world, with almost $5 billion in sales in the United States alone. Now, it's said that over half a billion dollars worth of chips are sold in the two weeks prior to the Super Bowl alone. And all because somebody, somewhere, 170 years ago, dropped a few slices of potato into boiling grease and added salt. <laughs> it's a crunchy tale that's amazing and culinarily true. Well, there you have it. Episode number 51 entitled Birth of a Snack. It's part of our weekly series entitled Alfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, each week, we, we feel privileged to present for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, as a listener to this program, listen to this. You are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. <laughs> and that includes shipping and handling anywhere within the United States. What a deal. For more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com, and click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Hoyne Tomish for the Piano Introduction. Need a music for breakfast piano jingle. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. <laughs>